Turn with me, please, to our epistle lesson. Ephesians chapter 4. It's page 785 of the Pew Bibles. I think it might be helpful for you to be able to flip around with your eyes to some different texts. I would like to look closely this morning at particularly two sentences in and right after our epistle lesson appointed for today. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 26. The Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. And chapter 5 of the same letter to the Ephesians in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Please, let's read it again. Verse 26, the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. In chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. We are children of the free woman, says St. Paul, and therefore we ought to stand in that liberty with which we have been made free by the atoning work of Christ. What's the connection? The whole passage, my friends, is devoted to the saving work of Christ through his chosen means, the church. We can no more do without the church than we can without Christ. For God has chosen to use the church to bring the salvation of Christ to the world. Is it possible, people ask, when I have this discussion with people. Is it possible, is it not possible for God to bring someone to himself without the church? Let's just answer this definitively. Yes, of course it is. He can do anything he'd like to do. It is, however, extremely abnormal. Even if you're an Ethiopian eunuch traveling back to Ethiopia and Ethiopia, and are curious about the Hebrew Scriptures and desirous to know this God being talked about, the Holy Scriptures show us that God might just bring you a clergyman of the church right then and there to explain the gospel to you. Can God use other means and very supernatural means to accomplish his task? Absolutely. But that is the exception that proves the rule. Father John Wesley noted the connection between church and believer. Please remember that uh, uh, John Wesley was a priest in the Church of England, as was his brother Charles. Um, they, were not, um, they were not Methodists, as we understand Methodists today, even though they're the Methodist heroes and the Wesleyan Church heroes. And, and that's fine. I'm glad they're heroes. Uh, but they were Anglican clergymen. Um, so Father John Wesley notes the connection between the church and believer. But the other covenant is derived from Jerusalem that is above, above, that is above, which is free, like Sarah, from all, free from all inward and outward bondage, and is the mother of us all, that is, all who believe in Christ are free citizens of the new Jerusalem. All who are Christ, all who name Christ as their Lord and Savior, are the free citizens of the heavenly Jerusalem, the mother of us all. So you see where the term mother for reference to the church comes from. Not from Wesley, of course, but from St. Paul. Many in our day see this high view of the church as eccentric at best 
and downright evil at worst. For many Protestants, it is still a knee-jerk reaction to the fears they have developed regarding the Roman Church. And honestly, most of those fears are erroneous and silly. Are there some concerns that we as Anglicans might have with the Roman Church? Absolutely. You notice that there's still two separate jurisdictions. Um, I would... I would encourage all of us to pray. There's some great prayers for the unity of the church in the prayer book. Pray for the unification of the church, Latin and Anglican, East and West. But having this knee-jerk reaction to things that look like Rome is not helpful. Wesley continues, Now we who believe, whether Jews or Gentiles, are children of the promise not born in a natural way, but by the supernatural power of God. And as such, we are heirs of the promise made to believing Abraham. So we are heirs of the promise made to Abraham. Wesley is referencing, of course, the epistle where St. Paul says, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We are not the children of the bondwoman, but of the free. We are children. We are born. St. Chrysostom takes note of the comparison between our birth and our mother and Sarah, who is referenced by St. Paul as the type of the barren woman who will rejoice because of God's promise. Quote, it is not merely that the church was barren like Sarah or became a mother of many children like her, but the church bore them in the same way Sarah did. As it was not by nature, but by the promise of God, which rendered Sarah, 90-plus-year-old Sarah, a mother. So also in our regeneration, it is not nature, but the words of God spoken by the priest, which in the bath of water, as in a sort of womb, form and regenerate him who is baptized. We are part and parcel of our mother, the church, if we are part and parcel of Christ at all. This high view of the church is, of course, quite countercultural as it is anti-individualistic and thus it cuts across the grain of much of contemporary pop Christianity. It's something that the American pop Christian church has not really heard in a very long time. Interestingly, if we need to help a fervent Protestant to understand that a high view of the church is biblical and not just an erring tendency of the centralized authority of the Roman church, we can turn to that great Protestant and Reformed mind, John Calvin. So this is where it gets fun. In the passage in question, Mr. Calvin says this, the Jerusalem, which St. Paul calls above or heavenly, is not contained in heaven, nor are we to seek for it out of this world, for the church is spread over the whole world and is a stranger and pilgrim on the earth. Why then is it, is it said to be from heaven? Because it originates in heavenly grace, 
For the sons of God are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. The heavenly Jerusalem, which derives its origin from heaven and dwells above by faith, is the mother of believers. Calvin then makes the same connection that St. Chrysostom makes regarding the new birth. To the church under God, we owe it that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. And from her we obtain the milk and the food by which we are afterwards nourished. Not only are we born of an incorruptible seed by the power of God through his chosen means, the church, but we are fed by our mother, the church, as we grow, moving, as St. Paul said, we ought to, from the milk of babes to the solid food of children and then adults. Certainly, Calvin continues, he who refuses to be a son of the church in vain desires to have God as his father. Take that to the bank. That's John Calvin. He continues, for it is only through the instrumentality of the church that we are born of God and brought up through the various stages of childhood and youth till we arrive at manhood. This designation, the mother of us all, reflects the highest credit and the highest honor on the church. As we stand firmly in the liberty, the freedom, which Christ has given us, we must understand ourselves to be standly, standing firmly in the middle of and on the strong foundation of the church of Jesus Christ. For there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved other than that of Christ Jesus. And there is no other institution in the world that is called the pillar of and the ground of the truth other than our mother, the church. Amen.